Welcome to the St. Joseph Radio Presents live program broadcasting to you from the Rome of the West, St. Louis, Missouri. The program that for over 30 years has brought you eloquent speakers from across the globe to help explain, clarify, and evangelize the Catholic faith. Our program covers a variety of topics relating to current issues and occurrences in our daily lives. Now, with the aid of technology, we are able to bring the gospel message to the four corners of the world where Christ himself did say, those who have ears ought to hear. It is our hope at St. Joseph Radio that through these programs, we can help evangelize the world and change one soul at a time. Now, here is your host to introduce today's guest and topic. Well, thank you, Matt. And I am your host today, Peter Karutz, and I am in studio live with Deacon Tom Burke. Deacon, thank you for coming. Good afternoon. Great Af- to see you, Did Peter. I say morning? I, I, I don't know. Is it afternoon? I think it's afternoon. afternoon. It is afternoon. Enough. I yeah. mean, just barely. And today's topic, today's program is going to be, are you ready? Hang on. Peter and Holy Week. Peter, Peter Holy and Week. Holy wow. Week. I'm telling you, I can't hardly wait to do this program. I, I, I'm into Holy Week. Holy Week's going to be great. It's always good, right? We're just coming out of Lent. We're going to go into Holy Week. But Peter is such a big part of Holy Week. And I think that there's so many pieces of Peter, pieces of Peter, that we can identify with, that we can uh, emulate ourselves to. We can uh, really live through it with him and through him. Yeah, well, that, that fisherman idea of, of taking a risk to go out on the ocean. You know, I don't know whether Peter even knew how to swim. We know that he kind of sunk at one time and Jesus saved him. And he was a long way off from the boat. But it's, it's interesting that he was willing to take a risk. And uh, uh, you remember how Peter started with Jesus. That's right. Yeah, you know, Peter said, uh, depart from me, Lord, for I'm a sinful man. But I bet he was a good fisherman. But I don't know if you noticed, the only time you ever caught fish is when Jesus told him to throw a net over. <laughs> and, and isn't that true for us, too? Right? Sure it is. If we follow in the footsteps of Christ, we do what he wants us to do, then maybe, maybe we catch more fish yeah. in our lives and in our hearts. And, and Peter, Peter was always trying to do his best. Isn't he that did. Kinda, isn't that kind of what we like to do, the best version of ourselves? Is that person who, 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 who seeks, who asks? who seeks, who knocks, you know, isn't that great? And, and, you know, look, we don't always succeed. Peter did not always succeed, but he did try. He had a good heart. Well, that's, that's true. And so many of us in Lent uh, pick numerous things we're going to do, and maybe we're two weeks into it before we settle on what we're supposed that's to be okay. doing. And, and then towards this time of Lent, we're getting close to Easter, and we do an inventory, and we say, we didn't do all what we should have done, but we cast a, a line out. We threw a net out, and we found out that when we threw the net out and we tried to do something, 
Christ had already caught us. He had right. already caught us in his web of love. That's, that's neat about yeah. Peter because yeah. that's how he felt. He wanted, to, he wanted to perform for Christ. He wanted to be that good servant all the time. And Jesus just said, be with me, Peter. Yeah. Do you love me? Yeah. Maybe Peter thought he was going to do these things, but what he should have realized is this God who is giving him the grace to do all good things before he even thunk it. Oh, that's a great point. That's yeah. a great point. Before he even thunk it. Yeah. Deacon, what I usually thunk about is we, uh, we're supposed to pray before we start this. So if, if, as you are here and you have the collar on today, would you mind starting us out with a prayer? Oh, I'd love to. Thank, Thank you. you. We, do, we, we, we should pray more often, shouldn't we? In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, good and gracious God, God of, God of the universe and yet God of our hearts, we praise you for your great glory that you show us not so much in what we do, but in what your beloved Son on the cross has done for us. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for the gift of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for the baptism we've received in the Holy Spirit that allows us to say, Abba, Father, and mean it from our hearts. We ask for more, Jesus. We ask for more, Holy Spirit. We ask for more, God, so that we can be as close to you as we can in this time together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Thank you. So let's get back to Peter here. Uh, I'll, I'll hit you with my best one. I, we, we all concentrate on Peter's failures during Holy Week, denying Christ, right? Uh, even before then, when he, he, he uh, said uh, that, um, uh, you, you know, you can't go to Jerusalem and die, right? You know, I mean, all of his failures, right? At, at the Last Supper, he said, I'd die with you, and, and then he denies him. But let's think about it, right? When Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, and there is a mob out there to get him, there was Peter, one man and one sword, against the mob. He was going to die. No doubt in my mind. But what did he do? Was he just, was he just being, having bravado? No, he cut the ear off a servant of the high priest. He's going to die. So what he said he meant, but he just didn't quite understand God's plan. Isn't that all of us? I mean, we have good intentions, but we don't always truly understand God's plan. But we keep trying. You know, that's, that's such a great point. It's not that Jesus or God says to us, win or accomplish or uh, be a saint. They say, seek. They say, come after me and I will make you a fisher of men. And, and Peter said, I, I never want to leave you, Lord. Right. I'll, I'll die with you if I have to yeah. die with you because I never want to leave you. And yet, he did leave. He, yeah. he did. Uh, he did deny the Lord right. in the garden or in the in the courtyard. And as as that happens to all of us at some point, if we give in to our human nature, notice what Jesus does every time. He gives Peter the keys to the kingdom. Yeah. He says, he says, the gates of hell will not prevail over the church that you will preside over. And of course, Peter immediately then then uh, gets rebuked by him, get behind me, Satan. <laughs> but he never says, I'm taking the keys back. Right. He's never taken his love back from us. And so we don't have to work for us. I was at a conference not long ago, and one of the speakers said this, and it stuck with me so much. God loves you, and there's nothing you can do about it. You know, Jesus loves us so much, and yet 
we're constantly assailed by the evil one saying, you're not good enough to be loved. You've not performed enough during Lent. You're not ready for Jesus at Easter. And Jesus says, I've been ready for you from the moment you were born. Yeah. And he loves us so much. You know, you're talking about a speaker. Another speaker said something that kind of uh, you brought it to mind. Uh, God loves us right where we're at, right where, right where we're at. When he, when he engaged with folks, he didn't say, go out, clean up your lives, and then come back to me. He, he met them where they were at. And the image, imagery that this speaker gave was kind of about confession, right? It was like being in a, in a one-story house, and there's this room that you have to go into in order to go to confession, right? To confront, not to confront, to confront your sin, right? To confess your sin to God. And, and the imagery that he gave is this one-story house has no roof. And God can see through, can see every room that you're in. He, see, he saw everything that we did at all times. He already knows what our sin is. He's running as the good father in the parable of the prodigal son. He's running to meet us. Just walk in. He loves you terribly. He loves you completely. He just wants to wrap you up and say, come on in. I love you. It's, it's time to renew. I'm already with you. Oh, I love that image, Peter. It's so, it's so important for us to, to embrace that and to embrace Christ. But also think about it this way. Jesus loved Peter's dirty feet. <laughs> he, he loved that Peter was messy. Yeah. He accepted him as messy. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't that he said, you're too messy for me. Your, your feet are too dirty for me to wash. Uh, you know, Peter, Peter was gung-ho. He says, well, then wash all of me. Go ahead and wash right. all of me. And the Lord says, no, it's, it's the humble way I want you to come after me, Peter. Yeah. And isn't that great? That's what, that's what our, our Lenin journey has been. Ha, ha, even in something that we've chosen to do, and we, and, and we say, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read the entire New Testament during, the, during Lent, or I'm going to do something extraordinary fast during Lent. And say, let's say we've, we haven't quite lived up to what, what we thought we were promising God. Then Jesus turns to us and says, bring me your dirty feet. I'm more than happy to wash your feet. You come here and I will make you clean, not only from your toes, but from your head to your toes, because I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know what? I think the imagery of father well, it certainly is a great responsibility to us who are fathers, because we are that image that our children may form of who God is and what his love is. But as a father, you love your child no matter what their condition is, at what state of life they're in, right? If they're three years old and being a brat, or they're a teenager and making you crazy, right? Or you're, you're running out to the accident scene to, to collect your children. You love them first. First and foremost, what you want to do is, what we do as fathers is we love them and embrace them and bring them back home. That's what the, that's what the father does. He loves us right where we're at, right where we're at. That's a beautiful sentiment because it, the, the evil one would make us a conditional lover. Right. The evil one would say, well, you, you, if you continue to stay in college, you get good grades or whatever that condition is. The evil one would turn to our children and say, you must do X, Y, Z for your father's love. And sometimes we, we fall into that ourselves, right? We take an inventory of our love, but the Lord never takes an inventory of our love. He just says, love me 
And, you, and if you love me a little bit, I'll show you how to love me a lot of bit. That's if right. If you love me just a, in, in a certain way, I'll bring my mother to you and show you how to, how to love in another way. Got of course, it. that's where it, uh, I think uh, uh, Mary, we don't see it in the Gospels, but I think Mary is walking with Peter the last week too she's she was in jerusalem of course that's right and she was there and and all the times when peter uh looked to the lord and felt that he had to lower his head because he wasn't being the apostle the apostle that he wanted to be mary walked up and said just walk with me peter yeah i think you're right i think you're right and and let's think about peter and and the all, all the apostles where were they at look they had personal contact, to say the least, with Jesus Christ for three years. He was their special friend. This was their intimate group. He taught them what he, what, even more intricately and, and deeply what he was teaching the people. Right? You, you've been in the presence of a holy person. You, you, you're almost, cha- at least me, I'm almost changed when I'm in the presence of someone who is really, really close to God. Imagine the apostles, right? Now, they weren't perfect after those three years. They still failed, right? We, we haven't had that particular experience, but we're still trying. God still loves us. Well, a very good point. And, and what do we have for that? You know, when we talk about uh, Holy Thursday that's coming up yes. here, one of the things that Jesus was so desperate to make sure we knew, he was desperate to make sure that he, we didn't just have a personal relationship with him. We didn't just have a friendship with Jesus. We had an intimate relationship. Right. With him. He says, I'm going to give you my body. I'm going to make my body a part of you so that you can be a part of my life. Mm-hmm. So uh, actually, this, was, uh, this isn't something I got. It was something that was given to me at, at a recent conference, too. And the speaker attributed it to another priest. Uh, the priest was on an airplane, and, and somebody said to the priest, uh, uh, do you know Jesus? And he says, sure. And he goes, uh, do you have a personal relationship with Jesus? And the priest said, no. No. <laughs> And, and the person turned to him like that, yeah, I, I realize you Catholics don't have a personal relationship with Jesus. And he says, no, I have an intimate relationship there you with go. Jesus. I go past just knowing him from a seat away. He is in me and I am in him. And isn't that his promise? That's right. Isn't that his promise? It is. It yeah. is. Yeah, it is. And that was sort of Peter's, what I, what I remember when we have in John 6, the discord, uh, the uh, discord of life, and uh, the disciples were walking away. They were going away, right? And and he and our Lord says to Peter, "Will you walk away too?" And I know what he says. He says, uh, "Who? Sh- where shall we go? You have the words of eternal life." But here's what I what I'm thinking. He, he's going through his poor, simple mind. He's thinking, "I don't know what's going on here." <laughs> I don't understand what you just taught. I don't understand it, right? I don't think Peter was that much smarter than the crowds that went away. But what I do think is that he trusted in Jesus. Even though he didn't have full intellectual assent and full understanding of the theological implications of what Jesus was saying, he loved Jesus and he trusted him. How much? He trusted him completely. He said, I'm in. I'm in. I, I don't understand, but I'm in. And that's, that's a stumbling block for people. 
to try to figure it out. Yeah. I gotta figure this out. I've gotta know everything I need to know, and yet it's not what we know, it's a person we have. That's and the right. person we have in Jesus Christ. That's, That's right. a great point you brought up there. So this is St. Joseph Radio Presents coming to you live from St. Louis, Missouri. I'm your host, Peter Karutz, and we are live with Deacon Tom Burke. Middle name, Alan. Alan. There mm-hmm. you go. And we're going to be talking about Holy Week and special, uh, special call out to Peter in many regards. And we'll, we'll talk about what's going on in Holy Week, uh, maybe the end of Lent, the beginning of the Tritium, uh, and maybe a few experiences of how Lent is in other parts of the world. Because as we know, we talk about our faith being universal, and it truly is. When you travel to different places around the country, around the world, what do you do? You find Catholics. You find the Mass. You might not understand a word that's going on in the uh, in in the French Mass, if you will, but you know what's going on in the French Mass because it's the same. So we're going to talk about Holy Week. Uh, Deacon, first tell me where where are you from? Where are you signed, and what are you doing? Well, I uh, I originally grew up in Iowa, a little small oh. farm town, and moved to moved to St. Louis in '82 after I got out of uh, after I got out of law school at Mizzou, and uh, met the uh, the best thing that ever happened to me on this earth, which was my, my lovely wife, Gail. And uh, so we've, we've, we've been together since uh, 1985 as a, as, a, as a married couple. Uh, and uh, I, was, I was pretty much a late bloomer. Uh, I, uh, my altar was, uh, was work. Uh, my altar and I. You're worship, a lawyer. I, I, yes, and I worship hard at that. I worship hard at the uh, on the first tee of, of the golf course, uh, and uh, uh, my adoration chapel was the driving range, uh-huh. uh, and it was too bad. But all along, the Lord was kept saying, "Come to me," and I and I and I resisted for a long time, like many people do, sure. I guess. And, oh, yeah. and yet, uh, it's in that silent moment I allowed the Lord into the my silent moments. And when I did that, he said, come to me. So then I started going to Mass. And we see that all the time, don't we? If you're going to daily Mass now during Lent, you'll see 50%, I don't know every church is the same way, but you'll see 25 to 50% more people at daily Mass for those uh, not quite 40 days because you have the weekends. But, you know, and, and what a great springboard for the rest of their life. Well, that's what happened to me. Uh, the Lord said, why don't you come to daily Mass? I go, I'm too busy. Mm-hmm. He says, well, you sure? And I go, no, I'm not sure. And so in that little conversation that I allowed myself to have with the Lord, I started going to daily Mass. And it was by far that along with adoration, which we talked about off air. Along with that, I just was be with. And so that's what we get back to Peter on, right? Peter goofed up, but he always wanted to be with. He always wanted to be with Jesus, and Jesus desperately wanted to be with him. You notice that after Jesus rose, and we're getting ahead of ourselves, right? But after Jesus rose, and and there was all the fish they caught, and and Peter says, I'm going to go back to what I was doing before Jesus. I'm going to go fishing. And they all go, well, you know, you got the keys, so we're going with you. You There wasn't keys to the boat, but they went with him anyway. And they found some fish, and they see Jesus on the shore. And, And John turns to Peter and says, it's the Lord. That's what the Lord is wanting us to say. When you go to Mass this weekend and Palm Sunday and you hear that passion, it's the Lord. And what the Lord wants more than anything else is to be with. He just wants us to say, be with. Yeah. And, and let me tell you, I hear what you're saying, Deacon. I hear that 
you you uh, started going to mass and started uh, doing all this. You you started. I, I'm I'm going to take a half a step forward. One of the or backwards, I should say. What one of the great titles that don't sound almost sounds like a pejorative toward our Lord is the hound. And I think that our Lord was hound after you. Whatever you were doing, if you were off doing your golf or I say think you said worshiping at the altar of the bar. God was there too. He was trying to bring you a little bit closer to him. We think we made the first step, and we know that it really is God at our side. I, I mean hounding in a good way. I really do. In other words, he doesn't give up. Yeah, right? never gives up. Never it, gives up. It, he could have given up on me so many ways, oh. and he didn't. And, you know, that gets back to even even when we say the Our Father. Yeah. You know, we say Our Father, but God has already said Peter, you're my beloved son. Mm-hmm. We, saw, we say, who art in heaven? And he turns to us and he says, I've always been above you and I've always been protecting you and I've always looked down in a loving gaze of a father on you. So we actually can take the Lord's prayer and think about what God has said to us first. So we're getting a little bit off our field. And I actually have a story to tell you about, about golf and the Easter Vigil. I'm ready. All right. Well, okay. okay. Well, that's so, that's you know Easter Vigil. You know yeah. that's that's part of Holy Week, kind of. Yeah, it, it is. An, it is. For, it was for me. And and remember, I told you I was I was a, an aspiring golfer, and yeah. and so I I turned to my wife and I said, you know, I, I've kind of looked at the mass times for Easter, and 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 they're kind of nice, but. Oh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a beautiful Easter morning. This is this has got to be twenty years ago. So a beautiful Easter morning. Why why don't we go to that Saturday night mass? And we'll, we'll take care of our Easter obligation, and then we won't be with all the crowds, and and it'll fit into our tea time, our permanent tea time. And so we go there, and I go. Well, it's starting a little late, but that's okay. Uh, and and then I'm there for about an hour. And, and I go, we're here for an hour, and I haven't heard a homily. <laughs> <laughs> and so and she's looking at me long, going, yeah, isn't this cool? You yeah. know, because she's so much spiritual than I am. And she goes, isn't this cool? And I go, it really is, because everybody there wanted to be there. Okay, everybody there, whatever their motives was, and mine was mine was absolutely naive and, and, and selfish. Whatever that was, like you were just talking about, the Lord changes whatever little thing we do. He magnifies it so much. And where he magnifies it the most isn't what you see. It's in our hearts. Yeah. So I, I said, I, I never want to miss the Easter. After that, I said, I never want to miss the Easter Vigil again. It's just, it's just remarkable. And, and all the other trappings that go with it, the multiple readings, as, 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 as the church says, let me remind you of how good God has been from creation until, until the Lord. Let me remind you about how faithful God has been to you. And that's a great reminder that we all should have. Yeah, it is. And and you know what? You you went to the Easter Vigil and it was a great blessing. Maybe we should encourage people to think about that too. You know, when I was in high school, I went to a I went to a minor seminary. And in this minor seminary, I uh, they didn't let us go home for Easter the last two years. They said we'd like to have it here. And that was my first experience to the Easter Vigil Mass, and it was incredible. And what then was that like for you? What, what what did that? What were you like before, and what were you like after? That's what I want to know. How before and after what? 
the Easter Vigil. Before and after that, just that, that three, uh, two and a half, three hours. Well, I mean, to put it in context, uh, you know, at, at a minor seminary where we lived at, we prayed seven times a day. So prayer was not unusual. We went to Mass literally every day. That was not unusual. Um, but that first Easter Vigil, we started off in the dark, and we saw the light passed forward, and, and it, was, it was that quietness. Uh, it was that little, little light that you saw that illuminated the whole chapel. Uh, and, and then to hear the readings and, and the, um, and, and is it called the Magnificat? I'm not sure, where, where they sing that? Uh, oh, no, it's not, it, not the it Magnificat. It's, it's the, uh, uh, and, and I fear that someday they'll ask me to sing it. it it's the Exalted. Exalted. Yeah. I had never heard it before. And it just blew me away. And I was, I was there. I mean, I, I had been praying seven times a day and going to Mass every single day. And, but at that vigil, I was there. I was present in the moment. And it, I, I don't remember how long it was. I just remember it. It, it could have lasted a minute as far as I'm concerned. So what a wonderful thing you just talked about. You went there to be present with Christ. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so many people I've, I've uh, talked to before, uh, I actually was talking to a, a very f uh, faithful uh, Jewish man, and he said, you know, I don't go to synagogue so much anymore. He was, a, he was a lawyer, and actually lawyers talk about funny things when, and not so much the cases when we're even in courtroom. And he says, I don't, I, don't go to, I don't go to synagogue anymore. And I said, why? And he says, well, I, I don't really get anything out of it. And I turned to him and I said, is that why you're supposed to go? Is that why you were going? And I, and I wasn't really not that faithful a Catholic back then because I was trying to understand. And it's kind of stopped him in his tracks. And he goes, oh, no, I was going there to worship God. Right. And I said, so that's, right. so that's what it's about. You went to that Easter vigil and you participated in it, not just uh, it, it was different. It was great. Yeah. But you participated in it with your heart. Yeah. And when you just opened your heart to what was going on, which is, happens to me at every Mass, I opened my heart to Jesus. Then, then I, I place all my cares on the altar at the offertory. I decide that I will, I will give myself over to whatever happens at that Mass as if it was my first Mass, my last Mass, my only Mass. And when I do that, I, I find Jesus. I guess that's the wrong way to say it. He finds me. He's always seeking me. Yeah. But I find the presence of the Lord. And people say, well, I, I don't really want to go to Mass because, uh, you know, it's, a, it's, it's the same priest we've had for five years. or it, It's the same thing. And I go, oh, do you know who's trying to seek you at Mass? That's right. Yeah. That's right. Well, this hour is going to fly by. We're going to talk more about the, uh, about the Holy Week and Mass. And uh, look, the Lord respects our free will. He's there for us. He's ready for us. If we want to shut the door, it'll be shut. But if we, as Deacon said, bring our whole selves and lay all our troubles at the altar, our Lord is ready to accept it and, and love us and embrace us. So we're going to be talking about a little bit more about Holy Week. But your job right now is to go invite a friend. It's time to tune in and learn more about Holy Week and experience 
this wonderful time of the year. Praise God. That's it. We'll be right back. Looking for a way to teach your children about our Catholic faith? Colby Academy has the solution. Offering a curriculum that is loyal to the magisterium, classical, Ignatian, flexible, and affordable, Colby can help with all your homeschooling needs. We offer a wide range of services, including live online courses for those looking for assistance teaching their students, recorded self-paced courses for those who want teacher instruction while needing the flexibility to move at their own pace, and traditional homeschool courses for maximum flexibility in home education. Our support services include advising for parents, record keeping and transcript services, a grading service, standardized testing, and guidance and college counseling. For more information, check out their website at colby.org. That's K-O-L-B-E dot org. Or give them a call. Area code 707 255-6499. That's 707-255-6499. It's Colby Academy. St. Joseph Catholic Radio is proud to announce the launch of SJEN-TV, the St. Joseph Evangelization Network. SJEN-TV is a premier online Catholic broadcasting network providing quality Catholic programming 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. We have programming such as live studio interviews, St. Joe's Java speaker presentations, current Catholic issues, and the Pro-Life series. We're featuring the many talented speakers out of Orange County, California, and this Archdiocese of St. Louis, Missouri including Professor John Gresham, Father James Mason, Karen Nokemper, Rick Hollerick, Bill Federer, and many more. To review the program list, go to sjen.tv or on Roku, sjen.tv. All this programming is free, and we are welcoming sponsorship of new programs. Find out more at sjen.tv. And we're back. Uh, I'm your host, Peter Karutz. This is St. Joseph Radio Presents, coming to you live from St. Louis, Missouri, the Rome of the West. And I'm live in studio with Deacon Tom Burke. Tom, uh, Deacon, good to have you here. We're talking about Holy Week. Thank you, Peter. I've been excited to talk to you all this whole time. I don't know how you do it all the time, but you're just you're just uh, a light is shining from you. I guess you can't. Everybody can't see that, but I can see it. Well, you're too good. And before you leave, I'll give you a piece of paper. You could write this all out, sign it. I'll give it to my wife just so she knows too. <laughs> <laughs> so, but let me give everyone else something to do. First off. There's a lot of things going around, going on here in the city. That 40 Days for Life is going on right now. Your parish probably has a day. But even if you don't know what day it is, go down to Planned Parenthood, say the rosary. Someone's going to be there every single day here during these 40 days. Incarnate Word is down there today. Uh, look, uh, storm the gates with prayer. It, it will make a big difference. Look what's going on here in Missouri already. Uh, also, on the 20th of April... There's the 2022 Midwest March for Life, and that's going to be on the south lawn of the Capitol in uh, Jefferson City. There's a ton of speakers, and I won't read them all because we'll take up the rest of the hour. Abby Johnson will be there. Bishop Sean McKnight, he's the bishop of the Diocese of Jefferson City. Um, Lisa Rowe, uh, all kinds of people here. Uh, also, one of my favorite people in the world, Bridget Van Means. She's the CEO, as she calls herself, the vision leader of Thrive. It's a wonderful organization. So great pro-life people. Time to hear people to hear your voice. Look, if we are quiet and don't say anything, it might even cause people to assume assent. Let's, let's continue to have a voice. Another uh, very important event will be at St. Angela Marici 
It's on April 23rd. It's the Divine Mercy Conference. What a great feast day that has been promulgated by uh, Saint Pope John Paul. It's on April 23rd, 2022, obviously, 8 a.m. to 3 p.m. It starts out with Mass at 8 o'clock in the morning, celebrated by Monsignor Midas. He's a great priest. Oh, my goodness. Uh, and there's going to be a number of speakers there. Father James, uh, Michael McGillan, Gregory, Mary, Mary Thomas, uh, two or three of Father Stephen. Do you know Father Stephen Shoemaker? I, I don't I, know I don't him. I don't know Father But Shoemaker. I do know Deacon Patrick O'Toole. He is great. So please... Consider it. Um, call us if you need to directions or you need to have a reminder of where it is. It's April 23rd. And as long as I'm talking about our phone number, our phone number here is 636-447-6000. 636-447-6000. You can get a copy of this program or any of our other programs. Just, just give us a call. Give us a request. Maybe give us a dollar or two just to cover the freight, and we would be happy to send it to you. Let me just tell you, Deacon, one of the great things I love about the, the CDs we get from here is that I can listen to it again. I can really like it. I can, you know, certain pieces of it really resonate with me, and then I have it in my car. I can't tell you how many times I've had opportunity to give it away. That's one nice thing about the CD. It's tangible. You can give it to somebody, I, I remember I was in a parking lot, and for whatever reason, there was this lady and she was parked next to me, and why were we talking? I have no idea why we were talking. And she had a, a, a little colored bracelet on. You know, everyone has those. And uh, she says, my son died of a heroin addiction. Oh, no. And she was, you know, and she's trying to do something, but she was just so sorrowful. And I had a CD in there about suffering, Right. And, and what to do with that suffering, you know, Colossians 1.24, which is sort of foreign. But I had it. I had it right there in my car. So order one for yourself, but remember, it's not over then. You can continue to give it away. Our program today, if we ever get back to it, is <laughs> Holy Week. And we, we have a particular affinity and um, special mention of St. Peter in this as well. But we're talking about Holy Week. Uh, Deacon, I know you had a thought or two before we get into the tritium and the few days there, and maybe talking specifically about that. Well, it was kind of put on my heart. I, I, was, I was in prayer earlier today, and I, I said, you know, Lord, what's, what's on your heart? Uh, what's on your heart for, for the people here in St. Louis? And, and it, was just, it was like a flood that came to me, uh, and it kind of came like this. It was like it, he, he's calling that person who's just been divorced. He's calling that person to come come this Sunday and Easter to that person who who uh, who can't think of anything but work. He's calling that person who says, you know, I don't know how to pray. He's calling that person who says, I, I'm not worthy of God's love because nobody I know loves me. Uh, all those brokenness is what he's calling to the foot of the cross. He, he's, he says, bring it to me so I can take it with me. Bring it to me so I can heal it. And, 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 and I was thinking of, of other people who, who uh, particularly, uh, you know, single mothers that are, that are so saddled with so much stuff. And, the, and those, uh, the, 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 the fathers who, who say, how can I have a relationship with my kids if I, if I only see them on the weekends? You know, all those people who are hurt and broken, not because of 
who they are, which is what the evil one says. You're broken because of who you are. No, they're broken because they're put in a broken world so that they could seek God, not so they could seek things of this world. And that's that's the uh, the detour uh, we uh, many people have taken. I've already talked about my detour. I just should not travel that road again. Yeah, but, no, but let, uh, I, if I may just add one thing to it. What, whatever these sufferings are, divorce, single motherhood, fathers who aren't seeing their children, I will say this, don't give up. You know, if, if you're a father who only sees your children on the weekend, see them on the weekend, right? The, think of the alternative. Think about if you don't see your children for 20 or 25 years. You know, that weekend may develop into another day and another day and another day. But if you don't go, it never will. So don't give up. Look for strength. Pray for strength. Well, whatever you do, don't give up. You know the, the rich ru young ruler who came to Jesus and says, what must I do to attain eternal life? And he said, well, do you keep the commandments? And I, I've done it since my youth. And then he went away, right? He says, our Lord said, give up everything and, and uh, come follow me. And everybody says the thing he did wrong was he had too many possessions and he couldn't give them up. And I will disagree. The thing he did wrong is he gave up and he walked away. So don't walk away. No matter what your, your sorrow or your cross is, remember that our Lord is walking with you in this cross, in this suffering. Don't walk away. He's not walking away. He's walking with you. Okay, Peter, I got a question for you. Here now you that go. you brought it up, did he come back? You know, I have a speculation. So where's my heresy bell? Rich young ruler, I've always thought, could this, be, could this have been Nicodemus? I mean, he was a not named. He was a rich young ruler. He was obviously someone who was big in the faith of Judaism. He knew the law, right? Jesus said, you've, followed, you've done well. Do all, you've done everything else. Go yeah. On. I know there's no scriptural basis for that at all. I can't believe you asked me this. But I've, I've thought, is it possible? that this is Nicodemus, who then went and begged for the body of Christ, who, who lobbied for him at the, uh, at, at the trial, right? Did he come back? And did Nicodemus, after, after Christ's uh, passion, death, and, and his resurrection, did Nicodemus then follow him? And my answer always is, of course, because yeah. Jesus never stopped asking. That's right. And, 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 and he came to him originally in the night, remember? That's right. And Jesus said, you have to be born of water and the Spirit, and Nicodemus couldn't figure How it out. How can I do that? And he was trying to figure all this stuff out. Yeah. And Jesus never said, figure me out. Yeah. He, says, he says, be with me, and, I, and, and obey me, and love me, and I will, the Father and I will make our abode in you. Yeah. So, so uh, yeah, the, 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 the reason I, I brought this up about these people is that, is that there's, there's all that suffering. You know, we all have these little sufferings throughout the day that we have difficulty with, and some people are carrying some really, really yes. big sufferings. And remember when Jesus, and we're getting back to the Tritium, he's coming into Jerusalem. This is this is in uh, uh, this is in Luke nineteen thirty. I don't think it's in the other gospels. He's coming into town, and all his disciples say, "Blessed, Hosanna in the highest! Blessed be the Lord on high! The gracious and blessed is our God." And and the Pharisees turn to Jesus and say, "Tell them to stop. This is this is we're getting ready for the Passover. They, this is you. This is you can't have your own parade here." And do you remember what Jesus said? Jesus no, said, 
if I tell them to stop, to stop, the stones will cry out. That's right. Okay? Yeah, yeah. If I if even the stones will cry out. And so and so, isn't that really what we do when we invite somebody to come to mass? We say, yeah. "Come and listen to Jesus." That's that's my stone crying out. I don't have to be theologically sound, and I'm I'm sure I made a couple of theological mistakes in the last half an hour. But having said that, Jesus says, "I like that effort." You went ahead and tried to come to me. You brought your children, fathers. You had that weekend, and you decided that you you decided what was important. And in all the times that they look back, when they get when when they become parents, and they look back and go, you know, I don't remember Six Flag that much, but I remember God because I encountered Him when Dad took me to Mass. I saw the faithfulness of my father. And in that, I saw the love of a father so I can relate to the prodigal son. That's I right. can relate to the older son. who, who say, Both of them were, 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 uh, were trying to work their way into God's love, right? That's and, right. And the father said, you don't have to work it. I love you. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And when you're suffering, you're not alone. Yeah. You're not alone. So uh, you know that was that was on my heart. Just just there's so many people that are that are asking for answers, and their answer is a person. And yeah. that's a person in Christ, and it's that's not, yeah. and that's what we see. You know, you, as we walk through these last few days before Easter, it's kind of a graduation ceremony for them. You know, when you walk through, if you if you take like John 13 and just kind of walk through to 19, you're going to see. A graduation ceremony. It's Jesus's graduation ceremony in a way because he's relating to God, but it's also their graduation ceremony, and they don't get it. You know, Thomas says, I, I, "Where are you going? I don't. You said I'm going someplace that I, we can't go. Why? Why can't we go? And what are you talking about?" And you know, I'm sure Jesus was shaking his head, and I'm sure every day he shakes his head at me. Yeah, of course. Every day he still says, "I'll come wash your feet." I will give you my body and blood. I will, I will die for you. Every day he's Every willing day. to die for us. That's it. Isn't that That's great? It. Oh, it is. And, and great and true. Great yeah. and true. So one of the questions uh, that has confounded mankind for the past 2,000 years is how many days are in Lent? And I, I, I can't work it out. Uh, but one of the things that someone had mentioned the other day is that, well, you have the tritium, which is not part of Lent. So we're getting close to working out the 40 days. I don't think we have done that yet. But what is, what is the tritium, and we're, what are those days? And, and maybe we can walk through that. So, so the, the, the tritium is, is Thursday, Friday, and then Easter is really the tritium. Ah. Uh, Saturday Saturday is all part of that. And, and the thing that people all get hepped up on is, when do we get to have what we gave up? <laughs> yeah. I mean, let's be candid. I mean, yeah. and, and, and unfortunately, uh, the giving it up, it wasn't, wasn't to make us crave Coca-Cola and coffee and, yeah. and donuts more. It, it, was, it was to get us to say, uh, to open our hearts more to Jesus. So, mm-hmm. so uh, uh, that reminds me of... Uh, of a story about giving things up down in the parishes of Louisiana, down south of New Orleans. Spent lots of time there. Did you? Okay. Oh, yeah. Did you ever go to Pi Day? They have Pi Day down there, not, no. not March 14th, which yeah. is Pi. On Good Friday, they decide that Lent's over ah. and they stop fasting. Yeah. And in uh, these little towns, they make all these pies. All these women make these pies. And then you walk around the whole town. 
down and you eat pie. Oh, wow. Now, I don't know whether you like pie, but I like pie. Yeah, well, and, particular ones. And so uh, the joy that I have in eating pie, ever since I heard about that story, the joy I have in eating pie, I remember, hey, yeah, you know, and Christ, how, how hungry was Christ? How thirsty was Christ? What, what meal did they give him from the time they arrested him and to the time he was on the cross? Yeah. Did they give him Nothing. anything? No. Nothing. Nothing. Who was with him the night before he died when he was in his cell, shaking from shock, crowned with thorns, wrapped in a cape that he would never have picked for himself, not in his humility? Who was there with him? And so we have a chance to do that. I know, I know it doesn't take much imagination to think that, because we know our pain, to say, you know, I, I've got this pain. Uh, maybe it's in my back or it's in my leg. How painful was it for Jesus? And yet, what was the thing that, that sticks out of my mind that he said from the cross? I thirst. I thirst. That's what we give stuff. One reason why we give stuff up for Lent, right? Mm-hmm. We, we want to thirst, not for that thing again to have it, but for that relationship. And Jesus says, ah, yes, I've been waiting for you, and mm-hmm. I, will, I will give you that living water mm-hmm. that I promised the Samaritan woman in John 4. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. And, and why do we give things up? Or fast. I think that's the classic thing. Mm-hmm. Why do we fast? Do we fast because we're giving up something bad, which is food? No, food is good. Are we fasting so that we can suffer? No. But I, I think that the reason why we fast, well, for one, I think our Lord told us it's a great remedy to, to get rid of uh, uh, some, some evil spirits, right? Prayer and fasting. But more importantly, one benefit of fasting is it brings to mind often when we feel hungry why we're doing it. It, it reminds us that we are doing this with a purpose. We're doing it to come closer to God. So what do we do? We feel hungry, I think of our Lord. I feel hungry, I think of our Lord. It isn't that the giving up, it's what it's giving us. It's what it's giving us. This is St. Joseph Radio Presents coming to you live from St. Louis, Missouri. I'm your host, Peter Karutz. I'm here live with Deacon Tom Burke, and we're talking about Holy Week. Special mention to Peter as well. So Holy Week, so we have Holy Thursday. I always call and write, can't call because it's the busy time, my favorite priests on Holy Thursday, because it's it's a it's a wonderful feast day for the priests, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. The priesthood was started. That that is the priesthood, the inaugural priesthood, and yet uh, so many people think it was just another meal. You know, uh, the thing that I learned. Uh, oh, I tell you what, when I was in that deacon formation school, good stuff, huh? I, I was like. I was like, was I looking out the window <laughs> <laughs> during, during CCD or, or PSR? You know, even before that, uh, if you ever get a chance to be a sponsor of somebody going through RCIA, please do. You say, oh, well, it'll be once a week for, for nine months. How could I possibly ever do that? Please do. Because I had the same feeling when I did that. I go, is that part of our church? And that these people coming to the church are learning so much. And if you think I'm all that, that stupid, I'm all that uneducated, just go ahead and do it yourself and see how much you learn by it. Oh, but, yeah. so, so, so the idea that we, that we can bring ourselves however we are. See, Jesus didn't deny me or reject me before I knew all this stuff. But when I find out a little bit more about the church, when I go in and I take something from, something from that homily on Sunday 
and I say, I'm going to make that a declaration. I'm going to decide that when the priest tells me that, uh, or he elevates it, that the, the host, and he says, through him, with him, and in him, I'm going to decide, I'm going to do something through Jesus. I'm going to do something with Jesus this week. I'm going to do something in Jesus this week. And that's why we take the Eucharist into us, right? That's why we want to become what we eat. So I got a little, uh, a little diverse by, from, from Holy Thursday, but it's such a wonderful thing because Jesus didn't want to leave us, so he gave himself to us forever. Right, and he gave us the, the, the priesthood in order to do it and to right. continue it. You know, right. Scott Hahn wrote a wonderful book called uh, The Lamb's Supper. Yeah, it is and, a good book. And one of the things that you brought to mind just now is one of the, th- you know, we read those, these scriptures, we hear them, you know, at, at least I think I hear them, but there was something missing at the Last Supper. The lamb, right? And, uh, and the, so he is the lamb, obviously, and now he, he exhorts these newly ordained priests and bishops to do this. Now, if, if you tell me to do something, I'm going to listen. If, uh, if my boss tells me to do something, I'm going to listen. And maybe I won't. But if Jesus tells me to do something, I think I will. And clearly, this is something that he gave to us as a gift and he gave us the means to continue receiving that gift. Well, I'm so glad you said that. You know, uh, when Jesus tells us something, Jesus' words have what? The creative power in them. Let there be light, and there was light. So his words at the Last Supper are making it happen. And, and when he says, do this in memory of me, I heard this on a, a CD once, and I love it. Uh, the, the deacon who said that was said this. He said, that's kind of a poor translation. Mm. He's saying, do this in memory of me. It means make it happen again. Ah. So if we look at it that way, and we look at what's going on in Passover, where the Jews believe, this is actually in Scott Hahn's book, where, where the Jews believe that they're not reenacting Passover, but they're there with all their ancestors at Passover. They're there with, they have an empty chair at the table. So the Jews would have understood Jesus that night when he said his words, that he meant, you should do this, make it happen. Yeah. Go feed them like I told you to feed the right. 5,000. You know, do make this happen. So when I go to Mass, something I didn't understand until I went to, uh, I don't know exactly why I understood it, but it was when I went to deacon school, it really came hold, was when I'm at Mass, we're not just looking at it again. It's 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 not even happening again. We're brought to the Last Supper. Did you know that you were there with Jesus at the Last Supper? Did you know that you were at the foot of the cross with the with the two Marys and John? Did did you did you do you do you understand that that the the, the light of those candles is this flickering light that are, that that was flickering that night when they celebrated the Passover meal? It is made present. Made present means they're let it happen again. When you when you talked about raising the host, I I uh, I think of time folding in on itself, and I I try not to blink because at, at the, there is that moment that I know occurs when, as you said, t- we're present again. We are there at the foot of the cross. We are there at the Last Supper. Time has folded. And and why is that so hard to understand? Our, our Lord is not subject to time. 
and in so many things of his, of his divinity, he shares with us. Well, this is one of those things he shares with us. He shares this representation. I said bad translation too, representation. This time folding in on itself and making us present to the original. You know, and, and people say, uh, well, you know, Peter and Deacon Tom, you are whacked. Because yeah. we, we don't know, understand anything like that at all in this world where, where time changes at all. And I go, oh, yeah. What about the birth of your child? Yeah. How long was that moment? Yeah. What, about, what about when I ask Gail to marry me? She didn't say yes right away, which I think was pretty smart. She's a really smart lady. My she wife put, said no a couple of times, yeah. so you're in better shape than I was. But 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 it seemed like an eternity, yeah. time drug, right? And yet we know time speeds up and not. Is that just our perception? Well, I I can say yes, but but I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure that God doesn't want to to freeze us in the moment with him so that we can be with him in that moment. And that's what happens in our tritium, right? Absolutely. We're with him. When we go to Good Friday, or, and we're getting there, I guess, in our conversation, we're getting there to Gift Friday. Gift Jesus, Friday. Gift Friday. Yeah. Jesus became the gift that's we right. could not give. Yeah. You talk about time. Look, our Lord, you said, when the difference between you and I, we say something and people can imagine it, but our Lord says something and it is, Right. It, 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 his word becomes reality. Uh, God created matter, and he created energy, and he created time. So if he is the creator of time, why is it so hard for us to believe that he can fluctuate it? He can cause it to slow down, to speed up, to make us present. Hey, he's the author. He made it happen. He invented time. He can do whatever he wants with time. Uh, so we have we uh, so we have two more to hit right I, okay. and I always talk about Saturday but uh, but let's uh, as a part of the treaty but let's talk about Friday so Friday talk about my favorite parts I think the veneration of the cross is is uh, w- one of those moments that becomes very personal very intimate you know we can go and kiss the feet of our Lord at the cross where did this hour go so I don't know <laughs> all right well here let me let me just see if we can. I thought we had another minute Flashing or so. through time. It is. But look, one of the things you said, Deacon, as we squeeze this last few minutes in is the, the Easter vigil has been very important to you, to me. Let's invite someone to come. What a great gift to give somebody, to invite them to come to the Tritium. Would you like to go to the Tritium and, and, and feel walking with Christ? Yes. Well, that's the whole idea is to walk with him, be with him. Take a few extra moments ahead of time before Mass and say, I'm here for you, Jesus, because you've been there for me. Now, you be there for your brothers and sisters. Invite them to come to Mass. Have a great last few days of Lent, and please come back and see us next time. You've been listening to St. Joseph Radio Presents from the Rome of the West, St. Louis, Missouri. If you would like to join us in our evangelization efforts, you can order a copy of today's broadcast or any of our past programs by visiting us on our website, stjosephradio.net. That's S-A-I-N-T, josephradio.net. Or call us, 636-447-6000. It's all at your fingertips to help us evangelize the world, bringing the good news of Christ. 
Christ to everyone you meet and change one soul at a time. Thank you for your prayers and support. Until next time, may God bless you and your family. This has been a presentation of St. Joseph Radio Presents. Deacon, thanks for staying just a few more minutes. Wanted to throw a few more things out there. You know, my daughter, when she was very young, she had a, a friend. Uh, she was uh, she was a foreign exchange student. And uh, so the two of them, and she went back to Spain, and the two of them connived in order to get us to go to Spain for Semana Santa, for Holy Week. And what happened? Well, uh, the bad economy hit, and the girl's mother got transferred to Santiago, Chile. Well, I spent a year and a half in Santiago, Chile. So we went down and we spent Holy Week in Santiago, Chile. Oh, wow. Going to Mass and going to this, to the, the various Masses and the Tridium in, in a different country really kind of hit home. You know, you, you see the difference in culture and you see the uniformity, if you will, the universality in our faith. It was really great. And the other thing that I really like, it's kind of part of my culture too, the Spanish tend to do mass late, really late. Oh, really? Eight, nine o'clock. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, because uh, we tend to eat dinner late too. Yeah. But it was very cool. So when, when we talk about uh, the, the, the Holy Week celebrations, we have it all around the world. Well, There's so many different countries. What was that like though? You said it was, you said it was really neat and, and you probably tell me all the things, but what sticks out in your mind the most? What, what's the most, what's your impression? Not so much a, an item, but what's the impression you got? It was very familial. There, the, the, the families that went, it was very familial. You know, I, I don't know if you've noticed, but sometimes at mass, uh, I, there's, well, to be honest, there's a lot of men missing, right? But um, there was, uh, when we went to mass, we were there very early. That's another change. Uh, but the families gathered, and they were all there before Mass. There was a lot of family interactions. And then after Mass, people just malingered. And it's late by this time, right? It's 7, 8 o'clock at night. Uh, so the, the Masses were generally the same, right? But traditionally a little bit different. The music was different, obviously. Um, but what really sticks out on my mind is the number of families who were there. Wow. I think we need more of that. Oh, it's important. Family's important, yeah. right? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So you've been married a long, long time. Yes, uh, but it seems like uh, it seems like yesterday. You know, when I look at her, yeah, it's the time switching her. I, I, I look at her, and and I, and it, uh, uh, I see the same girl that I saw in her uh, folks' basement when uh, when we crashed her, her twenty fourth birthday party. Is that what you did? Yeah, well, I say crashed. A whole bunch of people were invited, and, and so we found some, one person who was invited, and five of us came, or something like that. And know? it's all good. And she, she didn't kick me out. The, well, and step in, one. And 36 years later, Ooh. or whatever, she hasn't still hasn't kicked good me out. Good for you. Well, thanks for joining us, and, and please, invite someone to come to Mass. It's a great joy that we should be happy to share with people. How many, you have Protestant <clears throat> friends, I have Protestant friends, they're always asking me to come to our church. Come to our church yeah. and you'll see something special. You will encounter and have an intimate relationship with Christ. Beautiful. We'll see you next time. Praise be to God. Okay. 